From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Somebody do it. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Hour number two, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Glenn Kinman. We got Chris Seaton from Rugged Cross Blinds, and uh, I guess you represent Primos too now, right? You in that group or no? Yes. I mean, once you get Tyler Jordan's phone number in your cell phone, I guess you're pretty much in the club. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Captain Little, uh, saltwater guru, has also uh, decided to come in and eat some donuts with us this morning. Welcome. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to everybody who's listening in. We appreciate everybody tuning in and checking out the show for sure. Don't forget, you can always uh, find us on a podcast. You can go to iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else or just go to our website, uh, bigandwild.com and thank you bill uh, george bill george always seems to get it up there pretty darn quick so you can always go back and check it out as he always likes to say you know go in and uh, i guess you subscribe to it that way it immediately goes to your phone whenever you need to so you don't have to worry and about just it. in case something's in front of him right now run dear run sorry he, he threw up some pictures last night of some eight point that he had i guess wandering around in the backyard maybe that's one of the reasons why he ain't in here today <coughs> hmm. i don't know mm. but uh uh, you know, Mama's little uh, trail cam picked up an eight point, and you know it was all good and well when it was just a bunch of does out there that for Mama to look at. But now she got a nice strapping eight point out there. All of a sudden, the truth comes out <laughs> what game, it was all about. The game has changed the a little bit. The one done game feeder to do camera, yeah. everything was there. He was saying it was all about well, just yeah. Yeah, it's just what yeah. what the wife likes to see. Yeah, she, she likes to watch do the she, pretty, do. she likes to watch the pretty does. Well, you didn't say nothing about eight points. I mean, so. she got a she got an all expense paid week of vacation that's leave. Right. So. Well, <laughs> that's right. He's uh, got there. He don't want that buck harassing his does. I mean, that's all it is to it. That's true. Lord knows we don't know if he's going to ask permission or anything. But uh, before forgiveness. The break, <laughs> uh chris was uh regaling us with uh some of the uh, great products and stuff that he's going to be coming out with uh ata show is in a week two weeks what is it starts uh, wednesday uh, yeah <laughs> this wednesday oh that's right because the ellet brothers show starts i think sunday sunday monday tuesday up there in carolinas and i know that uh john and uh mr bill from g5 are heading up there this year so that's, right. that's why we missed the ata last year because we were there at that and couldn't turn around and go to the other and yeah. But I know Jonathan's going, so you guys will get to go hang out up there. And uh, the official announcement of the products that you can't really talk about will be done then. And so we'll get them on next Saturday, I guess, <laughs> or when Jonathan comes back in. Yeah, are I know you we're be f- back, or are you going to be gone? Uh, no, we'll be flying back that day. So you'll be, you'll be gone. Yeah, or Saturday. Yeah, it's either Saturday or Sunday. I think Sunday, excuse me. So I'll call in like I did last year. All right. That's cool. But yeah. we, I do have an announcement about that. The shop will be closed because we will all be there. Well, that's a good reason to close the shop. So for the ATA, gotcha. and, uh, taking everybody. So uh, Chris, if you don't follow him on Facebook, you really, really should. I don't know if you need more friends, but uh, uh, it's one of the easy ways to uh, follow him on his adventures on the uh, turkey hunts and stuff. But uh, we know you were all geeked up because you were heading to Arkansas to go up there and shoot some ducks. And uh, you didn't guys didn't go to Stuttgart. You went uh, somewhere else in Arkansas. Buff Pine. Buff Pine. I'm sure it is a strap on top of Metropolis up there. It's in the middle of nowhere. That only Bill Clinton knows where it is. It's awesome. 
And right. um, for you guys who weren't um, on Facebook or social media following you guys, you guys look like you had a blast. I mean, seriously. Um, I know duck hunting can be hard for a lot of times, but you had a little bit of a front coming through, so that kind of helped things, I guess, right? Yeah, and the week before, I think the guys went, and they're like, man, it's bad. And, you know, they're, they're truthful um, with Tyler. and Because um, Tyler did this. Hunt. Tyler Jordan, by Tyler, the way. Um, he got a chance to bring four of his buddies. And um, I was, you know, awesome enough to, you know, go and, and get that opportunity. And uh, I've never been duck hunting before. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, <laughs> you I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I actually was supposed to go to Franklin that week to uh, – to hunt some deer, so I canceled. He goes, "You gotta go, you gotta go." So then he calls me like two days before, and he's like, "Man, I don't know." He goes, uh, group, "I canceled a deer hunt for this." Yeah, I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Man, the the group prior to it's just been hard. It's been one of the worst seasons in Arkansas." And um, that's the, hard to believe. Yeah, no, it is. And and some people say it's the um, up north uh, states are planting a lot more, and they're actually using heaters in the fields. So uh, they're actually trying to keep the ducks from migrating because I didn't realize this, but some of the people say that ducks don't migrate for the cold. It's because of the food. Mm-hmm. So they're planning. Yeah, they're chasing the food sources. Right. So they're keeping them there longer, and um, we just get this blast that comes in. And Tyler's like, hey, we're going. You know, We may take any cameras. i got to ask you something real quick. I know you're not a scientist, but they're putting heaters out on the field up north so they're putting global- some kind of these heaters I, I think it's to help the crops grow but okay. i thought we had global warming we don't have to well, worry about that i don't know that's that's a whole nother subject <laughs> i'm just saying we just don't have leave enough time the al gore subjects yes. alone. i just you know i, I you know i thought it was going to be the end of the world but, but i can tell you the cold weather is thriving up there cuz i was freezing well i <laughs> Well, so when you guys arrived there and this cold front did the big push and, uh, you know, the ducks went, yeah, these heaters ain't doing it for us, so well, let's move a little farther down south? Yeah, well, the first, yeah, the first, the first day we got there, um, it was just pouring rain. And we we're like, hey, we're not going to go in the morning. So we are kind of bummed. We had four days. And then we went out when it cleared speck hunting. And let me tell you what, that was the most amazing thing. I got videos of probably 3,000 just geese, loud just coming down, and I think we limited out that day. And um, what gun did you end up taking? Because I know you were debating on what you were going to show up with. I took a Benelli. Yeah, your yeah. brother's. No, he uh, he got that tri-star from you guys. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you you borrowed a Benelli to go. Yeah, somebody likes you. Well, I had <laughs> some on you, my JC Higgins man. Oh, hey, <laughs> there you, know. you go. That's a Slayer man. Yeah, I had some guns, but I wanted it. You know, uh, it's important. I didn't know. Uh, mine and uh you know the real tree you know i need the real tree camo on it so but now i will tell you that we are got some getting shipped out for the new timber uh camo pattern so that's going to be on our guns this year so very nice but going back at it um you know the second day ducks were okay we shot a few but that last day i mean it was it was amazing we had teal we i killed uh teals pintails uh mallards we limited out our mallards and um i'm really excited because Seeing those dogs work and those those guides, the way they call. And we had some experienced callers, but they didn't even bring their their calls. And they all made fun of me because I'm, like, the worst caller ever. <laughs> but I did uh, – it's on Tyler's page. I did because um, I've been messing around, bugging my wife, and I can do jingle bells on a duck call. It's pretty – Very nice. Pretty and that's what it is. It all come in for the presents you yeah. had for them. <laughs> and, there, you know, there might have been – 
maybe uh, Tyler Farr, I think, wrote a song about me being the worst duck caller. Oh, really? There yeah, you I go. got that on video. Well, that that'll was, be good. It'll be that was hit. pretty interesting. But You nope. know what's really amazing to me is that we're sitting here talking about dog hunting, dog, duck hunting, and it's like when you're out quail hunting. One of the first things everybody always talks about is not what you got. One of the most impressive things is always the dogs. Mm-hmm. It's like going, man, you should have seen this dog work. I mean, he was out there sniffing quail. I mean, this dog is great. And you remember him by name. And, you know, it's like, you know, Earl was out there doing his job. And it's the same thing with duck dogs. There's, it's just amazing to watch those dogs I'm work. I'm 13 people. Man, <laughs> man, we had these two. It was Ace and Gunner. See? And I'm going to tell you, you, right, I'm gonna tell you right now, though, you're right. Those are the most amazing dogs because, man, we're just in the flyway and and – if you have a bad dog, um, you're just get you got to get those ducks in and get them in the blind and get that that dog situated. And those dogs, literally, uh, one day we didn't even shoot one duck, and he's just looking the whole time, wait, just waiting. Didn't what are you doing, move. guys? Let's go. Come he on, didn't whine. <laughs> and, and, um, I, and people don't realize dogs. That's their instinct is to hunt anyway, and they they I think they enjoy it more than we do. Oh yeah, uh, whenever They're waiting I waiting on you, man. Yeah, I had my lab and would go uh, dove on a dove shoot, take her, and uh, next thing I know, she leaves me because everybody else was shooting. She went to the guy down from me, and she was retrieving <laughs> yeah. these birds. I'm out of here, Glenn. I'm, I'm yeah. You're on your own. You ain't doing the job, boss. I'm <laughs> yeah. moving on. It's the highlight of the year, you know. They, they've been waiting on it like you have. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that video that was on uh, on social media where you see this grass and you see a little lake in the background and you don't see anything until the guy goes click and takes the safety off his shotgun. All of a sudden, this dog head pops up like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? Where, where do you see it? He starts looking around. What do you, you see it? I don't see it. Where is it? <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there's a train. Just the click of the safety going off was enough to get him. Boom. Game ready on. to go. Ready yeah, there's a go. couple other stories to you about this outfitter. Maybe right. when we get back and then I don't know. Hey, look at you. Turned into a real professional over yeah, there. Yeah, it's been to Chris. Hey, we'll be sure. back. Take a while. We got a little bit of a break. <laughs> Coming back at you. <laughs> you Where the heck did that come from? I'm just going to let that, that was go. My, that was my morning voice. Right. Stop it. Brought to you by G5 <laughs> Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Dude, I got Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting in the studio today on this nice, uh, cool Florida morning. We appreciate you tuning in and listening into the show. It's uh, me, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Glenn Kimmon, Chris Heaton, Captain Little. We're all in here today. Bill George, he's in no show today. I think he's out playing around, uh, maybe recovering from the Oh, New the Year's. phone's ringing. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's uh, chasing that eight point because I know that he and Glenn were having a big, giant group text thing last night. Um, Talking deer, man. Still there. Everybody's still doing it. I mean, it's not over with yet. And Glenn was talking about a couple of does that he almost hit. And then uh, Bill George was like, well, I was over here on Blankety Blank Road. And, da, 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 and check this out. Eight Point shows up on a trail cam. And next thing you know, he ain't here. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of how things go. And, well, the uh, rut's still going on here in Florida, right? Uh, Florida. Certain parts of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's so miscombobulated. Uh, all over the state of Florida, it's amazing how the center of the state is usually the. Unfortunately, I've last seen a place. couple on the camera that have uh, or dropped their antlers. Yes, I'm telling you, man. It's it's. Of you course, know. now mine's a little different than most people's with the Category Five hurricane going through. <laughs> a little stressful, that, a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and dump these horns little, and start putting on little, some weight. Uh, a, little, a little analogics and stuff's been put out. It's helping them out, but that's you know still kind of. 
<laughs> walking around going, where's my house? I don't know. <laughs> there used to be some stuff here, but now it's gone. Yeah. I know they're still recovering out there, but uh, you going to go do anything else? What do you got besides after the ATA? Are you just getting ready for uh, uh, turkey time. season? No, nah, it's baby time. Oh, that's right. You got one on the way. So Baby time and show season. It is so, baby time. Is that going to put a damper on the uh, on the turkey season for you for spring? Uh, what time is it? Is my wife still up? It better. Yeah, I mean, it has yes. an effect. This is recorded, so say yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I, right now I, I will do that. Uh, the Tennessee governor's hunt because that's really dear to our hearts. We've done that since day one when we probably couldn't afford to give a blind uh, for this uh, foundation. It's a Tennessee. Um, it's like the Tennessee Wildlife, like FWC here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great relationship with those guys, and um, I'm going to do that. And then I'll probably just stay local. Do a couple. Been doing a lot of day trips, going up across city. May come back the next morning. So, uh, but yeah, we're excited. We got a first girl on the way, man. So I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> I know your wife is. Now she's not going to be so outnumbered. And then Timmy has a girl coming three weeks later. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I was about to say, I, did y'all plan that or was that just. <laughs> well, our boys are three weeks. So we're kind of on the same schedule. That's. I'm not going to go nowhere near that. Well, I will say uh, that Arkansas hunt was pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. it was. was, No, if anybody gets a chance, man, we went out to the Grove. Um, It's a bunch of Ole Miss baseball players, LSU guys in Arkansas. Guy that runs it is Jamie Price. I guess he's a legend in Ole Miss. Um, But I have never been, and just real quick, we, we always try to push in the outdoor industry, getting the kids out. I've never been to a camp. Uh, we were staying in this lodge. It's about 10,000 square feet. And it had 10 members. And every member brought their families and their kids. And um, kids range from 7 to probably 18. Uh, there was a couple in college. But um, it was so nice to see all the kids go out. And then we got a chance to take them coon hunting that night, one night. That was awesome. But seeing the type of relationships those fathers have with their sons in the outdoors and then their wives love it. Um it's even Tyler, both Tyler's when we were there, all the real tree guys, um, they couldn't believe what a knit group this, the, these people were. And it was all, it was awesome. I mean, the families, um, it, you you sat back and you, you know, you looked at how important the outdoors is to, to a family. Well, when you have a, a group of people that hunt together, especially like in a hunt camp or something like that, or even a hunt club. They know each other and bring their kids out there to participate. It's almost like when you get to go play with your cousins. Like yeah, it's every awesome. year, every year you get to go out and you get to see Jonathan and Glenn. Every year, you know they're going to be there, and you know you guys are just going to run around and just get dirty and have the best time of your life, uh, whether you're with dad or not. <laughs> you know yeah. it's going to be out with the boys, and then when Whoa. you rouse them up and go, "Hey, boys, you guys want to go out and run around the woods at night? Just give them a flashlight, and run in the woods. Are you yeah. crazy? I yeah. don't care if we see anything. Let's go." Yeah, it was a good trip. I mean, this trip, like I said, you know, Tyler got to invite some of his friends. And, you know, we didn't have, um, you know, the camera guys. I mean, Brian came out, which films with, with Tyler. He's filming with Tyler now. and uh, But we didn't bring a camera. And people don't realize how stressful some of those situations are, those hunts. And it kind of uh, takes – it does yeah. take it does take away from them. So it was nice because those guys have been on the road. Far has been torn. Tyler, I think, was home maybe one or two days in November maybe two or three days in December. I mean, just getting after trying to get his film. So. I don't feel sorry for him, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, his do, job. you do it every day. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's it's a job. It's, it's still uh, a job. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot. I think uh, he spent like 14 straight days, I think, in um, in Kansas. That's year. crazy. Well, so, you know, we had we had John Brunson in here, you know, yeah. with him uh, addicted outdoors and all that stuff. He, 
he talks about how much work and goes into there oh, yeah. with the cameraman and all that stuff. And it's so different when you can go and actually do hang it like you used to. When you can out. bring the kids well, and yeah, and hang like, out and, and just... It's, I laugh it's when we talk about it in the shop. And that's what he says to me is, is everybody looks at me. It's a great job. But he's like 15 days. Like you just said, you some of these places, 15 days in a row, you're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning going out and crawling in a deer. Okay, yeah, you're going out and crawling in a deer stand. Okay, but... You don't know about the 50 pounds of camera equipment and oh, yeah. you got to make sure you've got this. You got to make sure you got your safety harnesses. You got to make sure you got, it's like week and a half of editing. It's not like you want to have like the biggest deer, but you want to, you, you, you don't want to do the best for your fans. You know, you know what they like. And it's not about, Oh, I got to kill this, you know, 210 or whatever. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. just, they want to give their viewers something different and you know that gets stressful to you know getting putting the right things in there see you that's gotta produce you gotta yeah produce. well yeah i was gonna say captain little you know you the thing about it with you uh being a guide uh you're under that gun every single day i mean you, you know <laughs> yeah. not, you're not There's out there a lot of stress to it yeah like you're that. not out there just you know fishing to go fishing you're that's your job where's you that school of 12 inch trout come on <laughs> i mean right. anything i mean you got to get the hard work of getting up early that the people don't see that you know, you got to get out there, throw that cast net, get a bunch of bait, get wet, you know, start the day, you know, got to know your oh, spots. I, well, you take a lot of people, you take a lot of people, your buddies and stuff that can fish and it's easy. But when you start taking people that can't fish and the first part of the fishing there trip, you've got to show them how to fish. There you go. Yeah. And you sit there and watch them miss, you know, 20 fish in a row. And that might have been the 20 fish that you needed to make a good trip. And at the end of the day, you know, you're saying, wow, I mean, we could have caught 40, 50 fish today, but... If I know, had somebody who knew what they were doing. They could fish. <laughs> or, or, well, what what? About, or what about the ones that want to go go in and it's like 15 mile an hour winds and, you know, you're just like, man, I don't, you know, it's going to be tough. Like, sure, no, we got to go. We got to go. Knowing that, you know, there's a hurricane on the coast. and Or they know the spot's better than you. You oh, know, yeah. I, last year I fished with this guy over here. We did really, really good. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to hold my fishing rod with the reel crank on the opposite side. Or flip it upside down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you ever, do you ever watch Last Alaskans? Do you ever watch that oh, show? Oh, my gosh, all the time. Well, one. did you see the one where it's the Inuit kid who's out there living amongst the, I mean, here's a guy who could go take a stick and survive in the wilderness, and he takes his kids out fishing. And they all three have spinning rods, and they're all holding them upside down upside and cranking down. backwards. You my wonder, ele- you wonder if they're really fishermen or not. My eleven-year-old son looks at me and goes, "I can't take this. This is driving me nuts. I just want to scream at the TV and go, turn it over, <laughs> right? <laughs> Play, use that reel the right way.' They're used way. to them Zepco two two exactly. <laughs> well, and the bad part about it is, is like for you, it's like me when I started doing the hog hunts and stuff like that, and guiding a little bit out of the shop." Is you get these people that, again, they're like, "Oh man, that's that's the greatest job in the world," and you're like, "Yeah, it is." Until you get those people that you have, you go from being a guide to a babysitter, right? right. I mean, and that's, it, and it's not nothing again, not a knock on anybody or anything like that. But that's what makes me laugh is it's like that's entertainment I'm, sometimes. I, well, and that's why I made the comment like a guy we used to that was a guide in Inglewood when our family used to go down there all the time. When I'm, he made that comment to me several times. He goes, "I'm always looking for that school of twelve inch trout because he's like, you could be sitting there and it d- just sucks. The day just sucks." And he goes, "You'd always." He goes, "The thing that would save me is he said I'd always find those pods of the school and trout and stuff like that to where you could put a bare hook in the water and they're going to hit it." And he's like, "Everybody just 
hoots and hollers and has a great time. We well, got to know what time. Everything's of year. great. You, know? you got to know what time of year. What's biting that time of year and all that stuff. I, I I look back, and I know we take it for granted because I'm sure everybody in this room grew up, uh, you know, out in the woods or on the water uh, since we were kids. And I tell this to my kids. I said, you don't understand. There's there's people in the middle of the country or in other parts of the world who've never seen salt no water clue. before. They've never been in our woods. They don't know anything about. Some people have never seen woods. You know, so, uh, you know, we take it for granted. It's kind of like the beaches here and everything else. But I remember I, I was out helping uh, Kerry Lightsey one year out on Brahma Island, and he had a guy came in from uh, Wisconsin, dairy farmer. Wisconsin. Never, never been out of Wisconsin in his life. And uh, he came down to, to go to Disney, of course, with the family. But they gave him the one day to go out and go do some hog hunting. And... uh we get out there, we ride around, we come up on this pod of hogs, and we get out, and we start moving up, and here's this about 120-pound hog in front of us, and the first thing he does looks at me, and he goes, now what do I do? <laughs> and you're like... You see his your, ear hole? You take your bow, and you take your arrow, and you shoot it. You know, it's like... You think you know what to do. He may like, have been just asking, what do I do? Is this one? That, is this a shooter? That's right. No, he, got, he just... No, I mean, that look, his eyes were as big <laughs> as sauces. Deer in the headlights, baby. Deer in the goes, headlights. He goes, what do I do? I go... Shoot him. That's what I got to remind myself all the time. People come down from up north to Florida, and we have such a great fishery. They catch 30 or 40 fish, and they're like, this is the best. I haven't caught this many fish in 10 years in Wisconsin. (laughs) That's right. And I'm thinking, oh, man, today wasn't no good at all. You know, we didn't catch hardly (laughs) anything. And you sucked. Yeah. (laughs) And 12 of those were pinfish. So, (laughs) all right, we got to take a real quick break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors in the studio today. If you want to give us a call, you can. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'll see you in just a minute. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, this hour number two is halfway in the can already, Braden. It's just flying Captain on Little by. starts talking, it just it just goes by really fast. Yeah, right. Could you do me a favor, though, and uh, could you get a hold of that guy so he'll quit calling, trying to collect on Captain the... Little starts talking. John Cormier? Yeah, oh, I ain't Lord. heard from him in a long time. He man. ain't no bill collector. I mean, I've known John for a million years, man. <laughs> yeah, whenever uh, he called and so left defensive. a message for you to call him, I said, that's it. I'm tired of the bill collectors calling me. We're going to take post-dating checks, too. Yeah. Uh, good morning, John. I haven't yeah, talked to him go. in a while. I know. He, I think he called me back in Christmas, and I haven't called him back yet. I feel bad. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, John. He'll probably use that ground blind he knows you just got. So, oh, uh, hey, what it Brayden, is? let me see that blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Now I got uh, Chris brought us uh, the, the, the new 270. And uh, I think I still the blind, uh, not the gun. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a two seventy. You have one. Yeah, you never can have use, too many. Yeah, I can always use another one. Yeah. Can something, you have enough guns? Something Diver- in a something diversify. In a, that's all I gotta say. Something in a Tika would be nice. I don't know, you know that kind of thing. Uh, uh, but John, yeah, I've known for a long time. During the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, Jonathan got a very nice video from a friend that we met during the. Uh, Big, Big Buck, Buck Expo. Yep, and uh, he had he had the ATN uh, that. Uh, well, we were discussing the night hunting on. stuff, the, and that's you know the Garmin. No, the no. ATN, the ATN night vision oh, scope, yeah. and uh, this guy had one on there. And uh, what did he say? He killed how many? Forty five coyotes in ten minutes. Uh, watching the video, I've, I've never seen a video like that where there were. That He's in many a stockyard. I mean, let's face it. That's. Yeah, and you know what? The, the way they were moving amongst the cows, and the cows are all just sitting there, you know, in the dark, just trying to be cows. 
And they're just in there just walking around in there like, uh, you know. And what's amazing is the video quality on that scope, too, because it's got an SD card. Yeah. So I, I don't even know how it does. I don't know if it goes, if it loops the last 10 seconds. When oh, the you can record. Yeah, you can or, record it the whole nine yards. It's pretty crazy. Well, you'll get your. Well, good, good for them, though, taking care of all the business out there amongst all the cows. <laughs> yeah, but you think about that. That's one man taking out 45 in 10 minutes. That tells you how but many that, there actually but, are. But the funny part was, is it's like I told Chris with his, is get the suppressor on it because this guy, I can tell that's a suppressed gun because when you hear the shot and it's got a microphone, so you're picking up the sound and everything. And when yeah. you hear the shot, all you hear is that pa-ching, pa-ching of that. <laughs> Oh, the spring inside the AR? <laughs> and it's like, like Braden said, one of them, the guy shoots over the cows, and the cows are like, what the? What was that? Uh, never mind. That fly just came by about 355,000 feet a second. <laughs> if he shot that many coyotes, I mean, think of how many calves he's losing a year. Well, they had, uh, on the video, there's three of them on a, on Dead a calf, cow. Yeah, on a cow out yep. in the middle of the field. So, obviously, they've taken one down and pass it around and get another one some mm-hmm. other time. Uh, but you know what, Jonathan's right. If you're going to go the distance and you're going to start using that thing at night, go through the process, get yourself a nice little can for the end of that thing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get one for my 308 and do it. That'd be uh you're going to use 308 on that thing? Dang right. Why not? I was wondering. I was asking. Dang right, man. You used a 308. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't he yeah. use a 308? But if you can't no, get like one it. of those, if you can't afford one, then just buy the uh, Wicked Light gun mount. There you go. Because I'm, I'm telling you, that was uh, just, it was incredible to use and watch how the uh, the coyotes interact. Just they don't even see the light, so they'll come to you. So it makes it easier. Is, is it a green light or red? Light? Red, both, all Take three. Your pick. Yeah, what? it's green, red, or white, and uh, that's what's really it's nice green, about that. Red light or surprise, very versatile. <laughs> is that the light that you're Can't using with that beam that uh, is on that Predator show? Yes, exactly. That's the one they're using. What do those run for? Uh, like you can get them for one sixty nine. It's amazing how far that thing shines. Yeah, it goes way out there and. Uh, but it's well worth it if you want a predator hunt. And even, like I said, mine was really good for picking up bullfrogs. I put it on a red light. And you, you don't even need a gig. Just walk up, pick them That's up. Awesome. I was going to say, that makes life a lot easier when yeah. you have to sit there and hear, listen to them sit there screaming and yelling, Ow! 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 <laughs> They'll do that, exactly. But <laughs> What is he doing? Hey, I got a story Have you never been frog gigging? Sometimes. It's just... Have you never been frog gigging at all, Chris? Yes, when I was little. Well, when you stick them, that's what they do. They sit there and they yell, ow, all night. That was just a bad impersonation. <clears throat> it sounded exactly like him. Well, you, that was what Braden was doing when I took him frog gigging and he stepped in that gator hole. <laughs> the only thing that was sticking up was a can of Copenhagen trying to keep it out of the water neck deep in <laughs> the hole. That's important. <laughs> It was important. That ruined your whole hunt right there. <laughs> I just felt something hit my leg. <laughs> the nerve hey. medicine. Oh, and it keeps you warm too. Hey, there's After nothing. Wet. There's nothing worse than going out and actually happened last week when I was duck hunting is leaving your can of dip at home and knowing you got like ten hours. And I know it's a bad, <laughs> bad habit. You know what you got to do <laughs> is wing yourself off, and that was a perfect opportunity. Well, I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. you didn't. Somebody in that blind had Copenhagen. Yeah, they might have. They had that timber wolf or something. That's not good. <laughs> but it'll work hey, when you leave yours out. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a dip diva. Hey, beggars can't be choosers. It's <laughs> true. No, it yeah. worked. It worked. It worked. I promise, baby, I am quitting. Well, whenever I quit, because back in the day, whenever I used to, I was like, man, I don't want to get into that. And I thought it was pretty tough when you had to spend 79 cents for a can. Oh, yeah. Six <laughs> bucks now. Well, man. I will tell you, I have learned that um, TIA, like when I go uh, 
TSA, when I go home, I do bring a couple sleeves back because it's amazing how much cheaper it is in Tennessee, Alabama. even in Georgia, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I'm talking about three, oh, like So you're coming across the border with it, eh? No, so, it's legal. <laughs> so we were, back in the day when I was in my 20s, we were selling bucking bulls. And one of our friends actually worked for Copenhagen Skull in Texas. And you would be amazed. It's kind of like somebody winning the lottery. How quickly, when your friends find out you've got a buddy that works for Copenhagen Skull, and you, you go, and you're around bull riders when, all the when, time. When yeah. you go see them in Texas, they work at the place, and basically they would come home with these big tote bags of like what you like, Copenhagen, oh, yeah. long yeah. cut. Here, let me help you get what, more into this. Or I need more money. What I need you, a raise. What do, you, what do you want? And they just bring you those little six can sleeves or whatever. It was amazing, dude. I was like. Uh, I felt kind of like what's his name? Tom Cruise was in that movie with the <laughs> yeah. plane deal. He was everybody's friend. When's yeah. the last time you've been to Canada? Never. I've never <laughs> been to Canada. Well, I, excuse I, me. I was. We would come through there on a cruise one time. That's it. Just real quick, because I, I need to talk some fishing. Because I'm trying to get some fishing trips lined up with uh, Captain Little. But uh, I would play Pro Bowl in Canada in 2003, and they had, remember how they have um, the samples, and it's like a third of the can. Yeah. Then 2003. <clears throat> now they were selling. And a bunch of us American guys are up there. I played in Saskatchewan and uh, Sask- Sask- uh, Saskatoon. And uh, those cans were $14. Wow. And I'll tell you what, I was miserable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, and, and, so then I had my buddy come up, um, Kenny White, uh, Jamie. She flew up and she brought me like three rolls. And that can felt like I had an oil can in my back pocket the yeah. first couple of days because you only get like two dips. And. And, you know, you're talking about $14. Think about that. That was smuggling. the Red Cross emergency can. Yeah. <clears throat> smuggling in, into Canada. It's got to be yeah. like $30 right now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> got to pay for that health care somehow, my friend. That's right. Uh, now, Captain Little, I was going to ask you, um, uh, new report came out. FWC says the red tide has not gone. And it is now back again in the southern parts of Tampa Bay. What are you seeing while you're out there, my friend? I haven't seen any red tide at all. Uh, I seen <clears> something <throat> on Facebook. Uh, another captain posted that there was a site. I don't remember the site, but they said that FWC said there wasn't any red tide. So there's a new but, something coming out that they're saying there there is. There, there, there's one of our buddies that we all love and know that's on another radio station that does a fishing show I was listening to this morning. And, yeah, he was pretty much ranting about the fact that they're – what Braden just said that the local news organizations are putting that out there. And he said, uh, something my buddy here said about the big fish. Why don't you ask the people who are actually out there before you start putting there's it out no there? There's no red tide in Tampa Bay, guys. There's none. Yeah, they're and, saying uh, that they detected some in southwest can Florida. Can we please talk about that when we get back? Offshore of uh, Sarasota County. So, uh, you know, it might downside. just be a remnant, it'll be gone. No <clears throat> problem. Well, I think they blew it back in with this front or something that came pushing it back in. All right, we got to take a quick break. We're on the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, stay with us. We'll be back. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, this is awesome over here. I guess Mr. Seaton has left the building. <laughs> or he's trying to get settled in over there with Braden. Who knows? Me, sorry, <clears throat> me and Kevin were just becoming best friends. They're in here fighting. No, we're not fighting. We're agreeing. <laughs> Come in here and there's arguments flying all up in the air. 
We are agreeing. Keep going because we were talking about this red tide stuff. Tired of it. Yeah, well, we are too. Uh, Put I'm, it to bed. Talking yeah. about this red tide stuff and how there are irresponsible people in the media that need to get their facts straight. Well, let's don't become part of them. Let's get so, it straight from the captain who's been on the water, Mr. Exactly. Kevin well, Little. Uh, and I've said that before. When you have a captain or you know somebody that has a captain, call them. You need, it out. need some water? <clears throat> call them and ask them what, what's going on That biscuit there. coming back on you? I don't know. Losing my voice again. <laughs> well, there's no red tide in Tampa Bay, guys. There's none. They might be a little bit out on the beaches. I haven't heard, but I was offshore a few weeks ago. Never had a problem with the bait. Had a great fishery. Uh, inside Tampa Bay all summer long, it's been great. The fishing's probably been one of the better years I've seen in a while. And, um, yeah, I don't know why this keeps coming back up all the time. We need to talk about what sewage they're dumping in Tampa Bay. There you that, go. That's the issues. I mean, all the all the sewage plants around Tampa Bay, they keep dumping every year. Well, and it's like me and, like, Braden's joking around when you come back in here. Me and you were talking about it. Well, what my family did, you know, we work at the Cluiston Sugar Plant. I've worked for Mosaic and people like that. And it make and I'm sick and tired, frankly, of them being the ones that's like me and you said they get kicked in the rear end when all this stuff starts. But people people don't know the practices that they've implemented twenty, twenty five, thirty years ago for this stuff, you know, to combat this stuff and to stop, you know. They're not and they're not gonna sit there and say that, yeah, maybe they didn't harm the environment in certain ways. They're not never gonna say that. But they were some of the first people to take steps to combat what was going on. But it drives me. It's like we were sitting here talking about, you know, you get these places that they try to stick a subdivision on every square inch of property that they can, you know, Bill, Bill made a great point in here that one day that when you start putting asphalt down instead of the natural stuff that's there and redivert the water flow, what do you you expect is going to happen? I mean, going to the bay. Well, you got more and more people coming in here every day, <clears throat> and people always add pollution. So the more people, more stuff's going to happen. We had this <clears throat> little discussion on Facebook this past week. A guy got in there goes, well, it's got to be global warming. I remember, you know, it used to get cold here every year. Oh, for God's sake. <clears throat> you know, I've lived here for 40 years, and it used to get cold here every year. And I go, well, there used to also be woods right here where these buildings are where we used to be able to hunt and fish. There used to be where you could ride your bicycle down the middle of 4th Street at 5 o'clock at night and not get hit by a car. I mean, it was. there's a lot of things that used to be. And as soon as you add about uh, 250,000 more people and houses everywhere, of course it's going to change things. <clears throat> not in the atmosphere, but in the water around you. Mm-hmm. I remember the days when you used to be able to swim at Spa Beach. Good yeah. luck. I'm right. not during, getting in that water. The summertime in the bay, you can't you can't swim. They 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 outlaw it. They put signs up saying stay out of the water. Well, well the high bacteria, but one of the things that uh I really enjoy is the opportunity to get out and go fishing and see it for myself. And uh, and yeah, some of those places aren't what they used to be, but some of the places that used to be bad are really good. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there is some good conservation practices out there. And a lot of restoration is taking place, and a lot of it has to do with the quality of water once it gets to Tampa Bay, uh, yep. through all the filtrations. And with all that stuff in development, there are some things that collect a lot of that sediment and some of those uh, chemicals and some of that other stuff that before it reaches our, our beaches and, and, and our estuary area. So the fishing in itself, uh, I think, 
has in, improved over the oh, years. Most definitely, FWC's done a lot of a lot of research with uh, a lot of biologists, and they have come up with some practices to to change our rules and regulations on the snook and the redfish. This year, we have a closure because of the red tide down south, and uh, they implemented it into Tampa Bay. So. What I think is going to happen, not that we had a big kill in Tampa Bay or anything like that there, but it's just going to be good for the environment and the fishery. It's going to give us time for all those snook and the smaller fish to actually get to a a, a larger fish so you can go and enjoy. Instead of catching a bunch of small snook, you know, next year and the year after, we're going to have a bunch right. of big snook to catch. I got a question to ask you, and I've asked this question, like I said, I'm friends with Mike Anderson and Billy Nobles, and you said Great the Watts guys. boys, and I mean just Mahone down the line, all the guys, and like the redfish. Do you think they're ever going to have it to where you get to keep some of the big bull reds to kind of freshen up the the tree, for lack of a better term? Well, see, for our bull reds they only come in during the uh, during the summertime because those fish actually migrate from like the Mississippi okay. basin. Yeah to florida so when you start seeing those big schools of bull reds come in they're actually fish that's coming coming our way from that area so uh i don't think i don't think that they're ever going to allow you to keep a, a fish that's going to breed mm-hmm. i mean because those fish are your your egg bearing fish that's mm-hmm. going to ha- actually have more redfish uh i was told a few years ago and i didn't ever realize this never really thought of it I had a biologist on the boat, and we was catching redfish, and we was having a really good redfish day. And and I was talking about, man, this is really good fishing. It's it's really got good in the last couple of years. And we was talking about the, you know, the redfish and their habits and everything. He asked me, he said, "Have you ever caught a redfish that had an egg in it, an egg row?" Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, no, I've never cleaned a redfish that had a row in it. Neither they, have I. And they said, you know what? Because redfish don't don't spawn here. Our yeah. redfish that you catch in our estuaries already cleaned out. That, well, no, they they as they get bigger, they go offshore and get with these bigger schools of redfish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they they go to Louisiana mm-hmm. and they start getting in that gene. So our redfish in Tampa Bay, not that we don't have any, but the fish that we have are small and growing to that size. And once they get, you've got to catch them within that size before they move on offshore mm-hmm. and get in those big schools that actually live in Louisiana and Mississippi and that area there. Yeah. And then they come back to Florida to spawn, and we get those eggs back into the bay. But um, uh, So even to, fish come to Florida to retire. That's right, in the summertime. <laughs> Everybody goes to the beaches in the summertime. There I you guess go. so. I think i got to go to Florida. Let's get out of here. The water's getting a little too warm, a little mm. too cold. Was that your Louisiana fish sound voice? <clears throat> that was my uh, move to Louisiana good. from New York sound. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Kind of on the Atlantic side. Yeah. We'll, we'll blame that on losing his voice. <laughs> He's holding on by a He's a little of a clump. I'm going to have to start doing whispering. Yeah. I'll have to whisper the show. Lord help us. <laughs> you know, get everybody's attention with a whisper. So what's hot right now? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, everything's still biting. I mean, this little warm trend we've had the last couple of... I say weeks. I mean, uh, the water's back in the 70s. We were facing 64, 61 degree water temperature, but now it's back up to 70s, uh, mid 70s, and the bait showed back up really good. Uh, the guys that's wanting to invest the time and go to the Skyway and, and beat out, you know, a live well full of bait can go back <laughs> to the rivers, go back to their snook holes, and the snooker, the snook and the redfish and the trout are eating that bait really well. But the guys that's still shrimp fishing, which I'm one of those guys, uh, 
we've been going out on the artificial reefs and just having a ball with the sheephead and the snapper and the the grunts and the the throwback grouper and uh, catching a few mackerel, catching some big uh, speckled sea trout. Uh, the sky's the limit out there. Flounder, catching some really nice flounder out there. So well, everything like shrimp. When was yeah. when was you last on the water? Oh, yesterday. We we started the morning <laughs> off and uh, got out there on a reef and we was catching the sheephead and the snapper one right after the other and then it was like flipping on a light switch. That wind showed up and we had to leave. Yeah, I would have had to leave too because I. That wind was really getting it yesterday. I mean, how did you fish in that type of weather? Like I said, we got on the water right at daylight. The bait was already caught, so we went straight into fishing, went out there to my spot, uh, dropped the trolling motor over, got on anchor lock, and went right into catching them. And we had that until about 10 o'clock, and then it was, like I said, flipping on the light switch. It started from blowing a comfortable five to seven to all right boys it's time to go one of them dockside restaurants get a group of sandwiches that's That's right right. we went to the dockside but we were still fishing (laughs) (laughs) just get out of the wind get out of the wind that's right get on the backside of weeding island and see what you get go to plan b Mm that's the way to do it go up a river somewhere (laughs) go over to alify or bullfrog creek or whatever get back out of the wind that's right power plant Snook, all right. Did you get any snook or anything you yesterday? Know, we, caught, we caught a handful of snook. Uh, like I said, uh, they they're really chewing on the white bait right now. It seems like when that water temperature comes up, they switch real quick. I mean, you can catch them on shrimp, but you have to sit there a little longer. Uh, when you've got that white bait, they when that water temperature hits that seventy degree mark, they go to chasing it down, and that that's what they prefer. So uh, we didn't have any, so we just beat out a few redfish and uh, caught a few more. Uh, small trout and things like that. Now the red's the still hitting the cut bait like they were? You know, I, I haven't been fishing any cut bait. I've just been fishing the shrimp. They've been eating the shrimp really well. You got you to gotta pitch them up underneath the docks and close to the mangroves and find you some rocks, you know. But mm-hmm. if you can find a good little rock pile up in one of those canals, uh, some laying concrete or anything like that, it's instant fish. There you go. Do your clients, do they keep fish or do you throw everything back? You know, I have a mixture of people. You know, they, they want to keep fish. Uh, there's restaurants around Tampa Bay that, uh, you know, right off the water close to my boat ramps that I can suggest, you know, these people here, they, they'll they'll clean, they'll clean cook you fish. And uh, some people want to try that. And the ones that do really like it. And uh, sometimes people are just in for the uh, weekend. They don't want to keep fish. They just want to go catch them. So that's what we do. We catch them and let them go. That ain't me. All right, we got to take a break. <laughs> Brother, Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll be back. <laughs> 